Shopify grows your business no matter how far or big you grow. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your fans' next favorite shirt or an exclusive piece of podcast merch, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash income now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's your son, and he's a superhero. And today we're going to talk about your son and what it means to be a a boy growing up in the 21st century. Parents, we're so glad to have you with us today. My name is Tim Wright. I'm here with uh, my good friend, New York Times bestselling author, Dr. Michael Gurian. Michael, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Tim. Thanks for doing this. And parents, we want to tell you how much we appreciate you listening to the program. We've been getting some great feedback from you. And uh, want to remind you, if you've not yet subscribed, that you can go to wonderofparenting.com. That's wonderofparenting.com. And you can always listen to the podcasts or you can subscribe to them. We have a new one coming out every Monday. And you'll also find on our website there uh, some resources that Michael and I have created to help you uh, raise your son, your daughter into the best people that they can be. And there's also a place for you to ask us questions that we can talk about in future podcasts. So that's wonderofparenting.com. Or if you're on Instagram, wonderofparentingpodcast is our Instagram account, wonderofparentingpodcast, and we'd love to interact with you there as well. So, Michael, in our last podcast, we talked about uh, some of the challenges that boys are facing in school in the 21st century, and uh, we talked about how that's a form of kryptonite. And today what we want to do is talk a little bit about another form of kryptonite that our boys are struggling with, and that has to do with boys and their emotions. So I want to start by telling a story that uh, I wrote in my book, Searching for Tom Sawyer, that will help set the agenda for what we're talking about today. Uh, I was over at uh, my granddaughter's house. She was about two years old, three years old at the time. And she was watching a cartoon. And it's one of these really great educational cartoons that we have on TV today. And this is about a a girl explorer, Dora the Explorer, I think it was. And she has three friends, and her friends are all male, and they all happen to be animals. So she's the human, and her, her friends, who are boys, are animals. And one day they were out, uh, and they're playing, and one of the boys was acting like a boy, had a lot of energy. So he would run circles around the other two boy animals. If they'd go swimming, he'd splash them. And the other two boy animals found it annoying. And they kept saying to Dora, he's being mean, he's being mean, tell him to stop it. 
And this little boy, he wasn't being mean. He was just being a boy, wanted to play. And he'd continue to run circles or splash them with water. And so finally, Dora stopped, and she taught them all a song. And the song said, never be rough, always be gentle. And so every time they'd go out and play, and if they thought that boy was being mean, they'd all stop and sing the song, never be rough, always be gentle. Now, I turned to my wife, and I said, are you seeing what I'm seeing? Well, she's not paying attention at all because she's there to see my granddaughter. I'm stuck watching my granddaughter's cartoon. And I'm about to explode because of the message. And, and what I heard that cartoon saying to boys is, boy behavior is always bad. That we need to tame our boys. That we need to uh, rob them of their masculine energy that makes them so good and so unique in the world. And uh, Michael, I want to talk about that with you because there does seem to be, at least in some circles, this belief that we need to tame our boys, and they might not use those words, but it might be if we could help our boys emote more like girls, if we could get our boys to cry more, uh, if we could get our boys to use their words more. And, and while all of those things may be good things, they're not necessarily lined up to the way a boy's brain works or his biology works. So why don't you start, let's go back to the basics a little bit, and let's talk about this thing called testosterone, which I like to call the super fuel of boys. It's what makes them superheroes. But it's a very unique chemical compared to, say, oxytocin or estrogen in a girl. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot there. Um so the testosterone affects in utero. Uh, so the first place that testosterone, you know, males get 10 to 20 times more testosterone than females. And that's starting in utero as the testes drop at four to six weeks, right? They're just shooting testosterone through the system. It formats the male brain. Uh, the, the, the child comes out. Boys have more testosterone running through their system all the way through. Then puberty hits. And so, of course, testosterone is the dominant chemical. Um, and it, it also sexualizes them. So they're more, more physically aggressive on average, more rough, rough and tumble. Um, and then they get obviously sex. Um, and so the hormone operates all the way through. I mean, really testosterone is the dominant chemical for males, um, well, well into a very old age. So it is, it is an aggression chemical and aggression, as you and I have discussed, aggression is not violence. And that uh, violence is, is a disease, it's a learned behavior, and it's a disease. Aggression is um, a way of challenging and nurturing. And um, I know this, this, especially in the context of the story you told, that, that can seem weird to people because we think of aggression and violence together. And so therefore, without our realizing it, we're saying, well, there's something wrong with testosterone or we're, we're saying, you know, males are sort of more animalistic and they need to be, need to be tamed and, and all of these things. Um, I think a better approach is to is to understand this this chemistry and understand that it's formatted the male brain a certain way, and that while there's great variety in male brains, males still are more rough and tumble. And rough and tumble is a challenge behavior, and it builds resilience. It's not. I mean, it can go to an extreme, and of course, if a child's in danger, then adults are going to step right in. It's okay. Child's in danger. You 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 can't hit people. You can't bite people. Right. That child's in danger. Don't do that. But um, anything this side of that, so rough and tumble, and the stuff that we, uh, the aggression behavior we assign to testosterone, that's actually healthy. And one of the ways we know that 
is that when male testosterone levels get too low, that's when they're more likely to become violent. That's when they're more likely to be depressed, uh, which can become under motivation or violence. Uh, so, so testosterone's a good thing. Bottom line is it's a good thing. It just has to, we, we just have to teach boys and, and their communities what to do with this chemical. So let's tease that out a little bit now and talk, let's start first with uh, one of the the general arguments these days when it comes to boys and their emotions is if we could just help boys use their words more. Again, nothing wrong with that, but there are some nuances to that because of the way a boy's brain is wired verbally. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, both you you as a pastoral, pastor and pastoral counselor, I as a mental health counselor, right, we're, we're very into trying to help boys and men to cry more and to use their words more. So I think we would all agree that that's a, that's a, a good thing. Um, however, the baseline for males is gonna be different than females, not only because of testosterone, because testosterone has formatted the male brain and the male brain doesn't have as many word centers connected to as many uh, emotive centers as, as the female brain does. So to have, for us to project forward the standard into the culture, uh, which is sort of, as you said, the female the female standard is the gold standard, and that is use your words, talk about your feelings. That will show that you're mature, that you're loving, that you're um, tame, I guess, that your social emotionals are healthy, that you're emotionally healthy, et cetera. And I would argue that that should be one factor, but but that of course, when, when boys, for instance, if they get angry um, and then they kind of like, smash their fist into their fist or down on a table or against something, you know, and they don't cause any damage, but they're just processing the emotion that way. Uh, we call it, exp you know, experience, express and expel. It, it, they have that feeling. They maybe never have to use any words and they have experienced the feeling, expressed the feeling and um, expelled the feeling and they move on. It, it's not really accurate to say that every emotion should have a lot of words. And, um, uh, and that anger then can get directed, right? And they maybe use no words. And on the other side, we have a great deal of research, and I have this in both Saving Our Sons and the Minds of Girls, a great deal of clinical research showing that constantly expressing your feelings in words is actually dangerous. It causes more depression, more anxiety. So we have to find a middle ground on this, and we have to accept that males are are wired a somewhat different way and so that they're more likely to use fewer words to process feelings in a given day than females and that that's okay, uh, that they're finding all these other ways to do it, including rough and tumble play, including um, uh, expelling anger in a healthy way, uh, all these other ways of doing it. Problem solving for them is actually very emotional. Um, they, they find all these other ways to do it and they can use words. It shouldn't be an either or. And the word use, words for feeling ratio, which we call it, that should not be the only standard for a healthy social emotionals in boys. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> 
Chumba. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So talk a little bit about how the brain of a boy works in terms of actually trying to access words to put to his feelings. Yeah, you know, some uh, kind of uh, to put go to the punchline, sometimes people have to wait 12 to 24 hours to get the guy to get the words to fit the feelings that he had in the experience he had. Whereas females can often, not always, but often make those connections within minutes um or certainly within an hour. And 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 what you're hinting at is is real. The because so much of the female brain has word centers, both sides of the brain um, and those word centers are connected to the, the areas in the limbic system, in the midbrain for sensorials, for, for memory in the hippocampus, and for, and for um, emotions. She is in a more constant uh, uh, internal processing of emotions, and she ruminates more about those emotions, um, and then she expresses more of them in words, reading, writing, or speaking. Males are accessing those words and connecting the words to feelings, mainly on the left, and um, for many males, it's mainly the front left, so that quadrant. And so we don't have as much a- as much access um, to the words themselves often as males, and then we don't have as much access certainly to words to feelings, words to senses, and words to memories, which is a lot of what you need to quote unquote use your words. Um, so again, use your words is really good, but but that's part of why we have to look at these two brains and these biochemical systems differently. Uh, females, when they get under stress, they'll process uh, more oxytocin, which is a bonding chemical. Well, then that washes through and stimulates these word centers, memory centers, emotive centers, right? That's a bonding chemical. Males, when they get under stress, they're gonna process more testosterone. Testosterone's more of an aggression chemical. And so if anyone wants to, to test this out, just you know, use that example I gave before of the guy smashing his uh, his his fist down on the back of a couch or something when he gets angry, and then get an, a girl angry, get them both angry, and see what they do, and do it thirty times. And what we'll see is the girls are more quickly going to move to um, uh, using words, and males are going to sometimes use words, but also more likely in many cases to do something physical, to go out for a run, to do something that that's takes the emotions and processes them through the body as opposed to moving them up to the word centers. And so people will be able to prove this. And I think what they'll see is that in in most cases, the boys are processing the feelings. They're just doing it a different way. I think for moms who are listening, this is probably really helpful and probably something they're having a little bit of a hard time getting their brains around because it does tend to come easier for moms, for girls uh, when they're asked the question, what are you feeling? How are you feeling about this? They they can access, because of the way their brains are wired, they can access an answer. Where if you ask your son, uh, honey, what are you feeling about this? It, it really can take him, uh, you know, 30 minutes to 24 hours because he doesn't have that brain capacity to, to attach a word to an emotion. So uh, one of the things that I learned through the Green Institute is sometimes the better question to ask a boy is not, uh, what are you feeling about this, but what are you thinking? Yeah. And, and while you, you may or may not get a longer answer, uh, you may get more than just the, when you ask the question, what are you feeling, you usually just get some sort of grunt. But if you ask, what are you thinking, that might stimulate a different part of the brain. 
Well, absolutely. And to and and let me add a second layer to that. To do to to be doing something while having the emotion talk, um, uh, or to be like playing basketball beforehand, or to be going on a walk, um, so that. Uh, because there's another part of the brain, what moms often don't realize or people don't realize is that for males to access a lot of what we want them to access, they need their cerebellum, which is the doing center of the brain, to be activated because it actually sends out a lot of signaling to the rest of the brain. So if if a person, a mom or anyone says to a boy, or, or like me as a therapist, you know, says to a boy and he's, let's say, 14, and I say, come, sit down. Uh, or mom says, come, sit down at this table, let's talk about what you're feeling. Um, that is, is in the aggregate, less likely to achieve our goal than if mom or I say to the boy, come, let's take a walk and let's, let's walk and, and we'll be shoulder to shoulder and we'll walk down the street or we'll walk to the mall or whatever we're going to do. We're going to walk um, and we're going to talk while we walk. Uh, that gets the cerebellum activated, which is the doing center of the brain. And then that can activate more of the top of the brain. So just like that one strategy added to what do you think um, uh, or throwing a ball back and forth, any of these things are like a double tool or a double practical strategy that moms can use when their guys get to, especially puberty and beyond, if they get to 13, 14, 15, and they're going a bit inward and they're not responding well to how do you feel, um, uh, try that, get them moving and ask them what they think so that it can kind of move into some problem solving and access emotions that way. And I think it's also helpful to reiterate that uh, even though it can be uh, somewhat frightening uh, to, to have a, a boy, no matter what the age, slam his fist down on the couch or um, you know slam a door, that that is one of the ways that the boy is dealing with his emotions and, and to help him find really healthy ways to to express the emotion that way there's nothing wrong with that it's and and it's just as valid as the the sister or the daughter who wants to sit down and talk for 35 minutes about what she's feeling yeah we are afraid of male anger and i think um you know i think there are layers to that one is people are afraid of male anger because our culture has sort of made a decision um and this is macro but the, our culture has made a decision that male anger is a bad thing and, and I think we have to look at that. Um, number two, people are afraid of anger because they have been hurt. Like a woman may have been hurt yes. by her father or by her, her husband, um, by a male or by some males. And so, of course, so she is going, that's logical that she is traumatized and would be afraid of that anger. And then I think we're also afraid of the anger because in social, like school situations, in social situations, um, uh, one guy can get angry and we feel like it will it will uh, do violence to other people, right? Because the anger will, in some way, imprint against these other people, these other kids. And so we have to peel all of those back when we look at male anger and and think about them, talk in our communities about them, and and where it's where it's valid, where there's a male who is becoming violent when he's angry. Of course, that's danger. And as you and I have said, you know, we'll always say if someone's in danger, that trumps all of this talk, right? We got to stop the danger. But if someone, you know, if the anger is not causing danger, um, yeah, I'd love us to rethink it and go, wait a minute, 
both our males and females have a right to their anger and it is a way of processing and i raised daughters and i was always saying to them hey if you're angry be angry you know don't hide it <laughs> um because it it can help a society to grow it can help the person to grow so let's just we just all got to think this through and if we're having a knee-jerk reaction against anger like if, if we have a reaction to a three-year-old male or female who throws temper tantrums um you know i'm asked this a lot about temper tantrums i don't want my child to, to get down on the floor and bang his fists on the floor and yell and scream. And, you know, is there something wrong with him or, or her? Um, and I always say, hey, if you're not in public, uh, if you're in public, it's a different standard. You know, you got to take him out of the grocery store and put him in the car. But if if you're not in public, if this is how this guy is processing and, and within five or 10 minutes, uh, you know, that anger is going to be over. And our job is to say, hey, you can never hit an a living thing. You can never affect a living thing with your anger. You always have to take your anger into a place where, you know, you have a Nerf bat or, you know, like later, maybe that boy's going to get into martial arts or maybe use a punching bag. You know, that's going to go, that's how that boy processes. And, and if he's not doing harm, that's actually a very quick way of processing. And then, you know, five minutes later, the temper tantrum's over. Oh, okay. He's back. He processed. Uh, so I'm not even really negative about temper tantrums if they don't cause uh, harm to others. Uh, a couple things on that. Uh, first of all, I think it's always important to remind ourselves that every great social change that ever happened in the world happened because someone was angry at an injustice or a wrong, and they harnessed their anger uh, to fix something. And that's what anger does. Anger is meant to identify that something isn't right, either in me or what's happened to me or in the world. And but then the question is, how do you use that anger in positive ways to uh, express what you're feeling to get it out? And uh, and that's really important. And secondly, uh, I think part of what I'm, I'm hearing you saying is that sometimes the ways that boys emote, uh, expressing anger, for example, uh, often can help them dissipate their emotions more quickly, say, than constantly talking them out, ruminating, and then getting stuck in the rumination. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, that's something that that boys, on average, again, it's an aggregate, on average, do somewhat better than girls, on average, um, is they get out of rumination quicker. Um, and so rumination is where people get a loop in their brains. And, and women and girls will especially recognize this because someone does something, like the example I give when I give talks is my daughter's and someone would roll her eyes at my daughter. And my daughter would ruminate about that for a long, long period of time. Uh, and it, it sometimes could, you know, grow and grow and grow, right, into 
a lot of negativity. Um, and that rumination loop, that rumination loop is something that guys tend to avoid. Now, if we get, you know, if we're in love with someone and they leave us, I mean, then we're going to ruminate, right? Certain things we'll ruminate on. But on average, that 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 12 year old boy is not going to tend to ruminate as long. He's going to process the emotions through more quickly, or he's going to just decide that it isn't worth emotion and he'll just move on to whatever his task is. And it, and this is something obviously we've talked about and we'll talk about with girls that they are susceptible to more rumination. And that research I was mentioning is, is um, it's for all human beings, but of course, a lot more girls become depressed and anxious from excessive rumination than boys. And, and if anyone wants to test this out, I mean, all they have to do is just sort of study kids for 30 days and they're gonna see that the boys on average tend to let things go more quickly. They, they'll, they'll get in a fight with someone uh, you know, and then the next day they respect each other and they're talking and, you know, right. they're, they're friends and that won't happen every time. But uh, uh, with girls, uh, the they'll get in a fight with someone generally more verbal than physical. Um, and it could last, you know, weeks because they're involved in this. So I, I would, I, I love that you brought that up and I beg people to, to see anger as healthy when it's healthy and to, to not, overemphasize you got to cry you got to talk about your feelings to not overemphasize it when it doesn't really fit the person they're dealing with because it can lead to depression and anxiety so let's just touch on this this uh, stuff on crying and boys crying and uh, there is some research that says that boys don't necessarily cry as often as girls that they're they don't even have the same kind of tear ducts or something like that you oh you yeah I can talk yep. so talk a little bit about that and and how trying to force boys to cry may not be so helpful for them yeah uh, again it's a sort of cultural thing that we've been in the last few decades um, so I'll do the science. And then just sort of talk about this thing. First of all, crying is a good thing, right? Again, you and I are going to always agree that if anyone needs to cry, they should cry. And that we we don't need to be spending much of our day saying, or any of our day really, saying to boys, hey, you know what? Uh, crying is not manly. You know, all that old language we don't need to use anymore. Um, and, and in fact, football players, I mean, the reality is that soldiers, football players, we see men all over the the TV and the internet who are crying. So it's no longer um, considered somehow unmanly if you cry and all that. Okay, but all that said, we are gonna, we need to set our standards, our internal standards by reality. And the reality is that male tear ducts and tear glands are set up differently than female. And so this is why in all cultures, not just in the US, but in all cultures, even cultures like Italy, where males do cry more than males in the US, uh, you still see women crying more than males. And, and the reason is uh, biological, um, beyond the sociological. One, uh, male tear glands are smaller, and that's because of prolactin. And so prolactin is the um, chemical that handles mammary gland production, which is breast, breast milk production, and tear glands. So females have much more, about 60% more by the time they're 15, of prolactin. So that, that's creating larger tear glands anyway in females. Then in terms of tear ducts, um, the male tear ducts are wider, the female tear ducts are narrower. So this is why we see when males cry, like, like the movie that always makes me cry is the end of Saving Private Ryan. So when I cry at the end of Saving Private Ryan, my tears brim on my eyes. They don't pour down my cheeks and, and um, 
the main reason for this is these my tear ducts are wider, so the tears stay up there. Female tear ducts are narrower, so all those tear ducts, you know, they're narrow, and the tears just drop down onto their cheeks. And uh, so obviously you can have variety here, but that's the aggregate. That's basic. So we're never going to see boys cry as much on average as girls. Now, for parents who have really young kids right now, one, two, three, four, five years old, there, there's very little difference, right? I mean, they're they're little, and crying is sort of a primary response biologically uh, to stress um, and to fear. Uh, it's it's it, this the change happens as they get to be seven, eight, nine, ten, and moving to prepuberty. Uh, those biological changes occur. And then people will say, well, socialization is a factor. Males are taught not to cry, et cetera. I agree that that definitely happens. But we just want to remember that, especially now in 2018, the primary reason boys don't cry at 15 as much as girls is biological. It's not it's not really so socialization. So the take home uh, from what I hear you saying, Michael, is first of all, it's, it's always good to understand our boys and our girls in terms of how their brains work and their biology works. To understand that boys, generally speaking, may not be as equipped to connect their words to their feelings. It may take them a while. And that it's okay to ask a boy, how are you feeling? Just don't expect an answer right away. That it may be better to ask a boy, what do you think? And while you're asking him that question, to get out and move and uh, uh, walk, throw a ball together. And then to help a boy learn how to harness his anger. And to recognize anger, to recognize that anger is explosive, uh, but at the same time, uh, that anger can be a way to get out emotions, get them out quickly, and then, you know, what's the healthiest way for him to do that? And uh, if there is something going on, how does he use that anger to problem solve what's making him uncomfortable or what's making him mad or what he sees in culture or his family that he doesn't think is right? And what are positive steps to... um, uh, to fix that, and then to recognize that boys may or may not cry the same way that girls do. But I, I can tell you, I, I'm like you. I there are certain movies I cry at, and there are certain things I see my grandkids doing. It brings tears to my eyes, and and um, so guys cry. We we just don't cry probably the same way that that girls do, and that's okay. Uh, but boys have emotions, and boys just express them a bit differently. Anything you want to add to that before we head on out for today? No, I, I think that was a great summary. I mean, I, I guess if I added anything, I would say for anyone out there who listened to this and said, but my boy is an angry boy or but yes. my boy is too aggressive, et cetera, that, you know, that could require counseling and also martial arts. So be looking for that guy, be looking for things like martial arts um, to help him train that anger and and you know obviously if he has an anger problem that goes beyond this podcast then counseling getting help from psychiatrists that could be a separate category but if he's just kind of wired sort of angry um think about martial arts think about something that will direct the anger and we could probably say the same about the boy who clams up and and lives in his cave all the time as well and and uh, probably is uh showing signs of uh depression for example or withdrawal those are the things we want to watch for and that would be a whole other topic. Absolutely. Yep, yep, we'll do that. Well, parents, thank you so much for joining us. We really hope this has been helpful for you. Uh, you can learn a whole lot more through Michael's books, uh, Saving Our Sons and also The Minds of Girls. And our website, 
so that you can subscribe to our podcast is wonderofparenting.com, wonderofparenting.com. Some resources there that you can use to uh, uh, instill good, solid masculinity into your son and help your daughter become all you hope that she can be. Uh, There's a place where you can ask questions. Uh, You can send me an email. My email address is on there. And if you're on Instagram, you can follow us there at wonderofparenting.com. Wonder of Parenting Podcast. Wonder of Parenting Podcast is our Instagram account. Michael, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Tim. Thanks. And thank you, folks. And we will be back again on Monday with another podcast. Have a great day. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.